God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go racing. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast. A very diverse cast of automobile racing characters. With your host, NBC Sports television analyst and part-time midget racer, it's D. Welch and Mr. Dylan Welch. Yeah, you damn right I got that out there. Oh, that stupid-ass flagman. They got a dumb-ass flagman they can't see. And an expert in only one category, food. Now, look how big those things are. Little meat on the bone there. And cook perfect. Well, sometimes racing, but mostly food. When you're talking a, a meal, like before I'm about to die, I will ask for 15 to 20 chicken wings. It's heavy lunch, Tyler Burnett. We are back on the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing. It's been a few weeks. We've been a little busy here uh, doing, well, we're going through a couple film here, a couple film shoots. Uh, trying to work on a couple films for you guys on Flow Racing and, and, and working on some content as well. And, and D. Welch, you've been uh, traveling as well and, and working um, the NASCAR and, and all the other racing scenes you all you do. Uh, when are you getting back in a race car, though? That's what everybody wants to know. Your guess is as good as mine. I have no idea. <laughs> are you So one interesting topic I, I need to bring up is, is, are people boycotting the Chili Bowl? Like, what is going on? Like, Tyler Courtney just told me this week he's going to Australia. He's not going to be at the Chili Bowl. Larson isn't going to the Chili Bowl. Oh, really? Bell, well, Larson and Bell say they're not going to the Chili Bowl. But, like, are you out? Because you're getting married the week after. Like, are you out of the Chili Bowl, too? Well, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't mind running. I wouldn't not run because the wedding's a week out. Like, that, I wouldn't. The wedding shit's going to be done. (laughs) by then so it, it doesn't matter to me you know um, well when i was that when i was at uh, wilner's wedding hannah said hannah said i'm not going to the chili bowl i'm not yeah going. yeah exactly she doesn't want to go so to be totally to be totally honest i don't really have any desire to go out there and spend a week out there by myself so uh i don't know i wouldn't i wouldn't not go because of the money i don't I'm not competing for 10,000 to win when I'm out there anyways. I need, I care more about what it pays to start than I do what it cares to win. Cause that's never going to, it's never going to affect me. Um, so I would, you know, it's like, I wouldn't mind going and running, but um, you know, I don't really know yet. Don't get me wrong. I would love to see those boys there. Right. I mean, Marston and Bell put on some of the most incredible races I've ever seen in my life in that building. Um, but Maybe, maybe it'd be nice to see another winner. Well, look, when you, I mean, when you do what those guys do, which is race for money, um, you know, for, I mean, for Tyler, that's his job. You know, he's, he's got to make money. Um, Larson and Bell obviously have a day job that, you know, takes care of, takes care of them, but they still want to make money when they race. Um, so that's what it's about. Those guys can go to Australia and New Zealand and, you know, make, uh, make a lot more money and race a lot more than they could, they could go in and run in Chili Bowl. And, you know, I mean, it's like, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to downgrade it, but it's like Larson and Bell have won it already multiple times. Sure. They would love to win another one, but 
if they do, it's 10 grand when they can go down to Australia or New Zealand and race, you know, 20 times and probably make way more money. Uh, take the, take the wives down there. It's a nice vacation. You know, I mean, it's a lot better than Tulsa in January. So I don't blame them. You know, I mean, I'm sure Tyler would like to win the chili bowl, but he probably would not hide, a, hide behind the fact that winning it without Kyle or bell there would not be the same. So, um, I don't know. It'll be, it'll still be a tough race. It'll still be well attended. There'll still be plenty of tough competition. Um, whether those three guys are there or not, but it would definitely be, uh, it would be definitely be a different race. That's for sure. That's a great point. Tanner Thorson's win is just like, because he beat Larson, he beat Bell, all these guys at their prime with their best equipment. Like, and if these guys are saying they're done racing it, like, or at least this year, like, winning that race, not beating Larson. Yeah, I mean, it takes same. Yeah, I mean, it takes some of the pop out of it, right? I mean, you you go to that race to beat the best the best guys in the world, and three of the best dirt racers in the country right now aren't going to be there. You know, think any? I think you'd be kidding yourself if you said that that didn't. Um, you know, that would not be on your mind a little bit. Wouldn't take away from the satisfaction of winning it because uh, you still get the driller, whether those guys are there or not. Um, but I'm sure you win it straight up beating those guys. Uh, you know, that means, that means probably a little more than if they're not there. It's still going to be the biggest dirt race of the entire year, and it always is. Um, no matter if they go or not, uh, but the ch we're talking chili bowl in September folks, like, uh, get ready because, um, I mean, on flow, like we basically live for the chili bowl. Like that's, you know, we race all year to get ready for the chili bowl basically because it's, it's that big and it's, it's, it's huge. It is a huge dirt racing event and no, you know, sorry. Like if, if those guys don't go, it's still going to be big and, and they're going to be watching it. I guarantee you they're going to be watching the race and I guarantee you Dylan will be watching the race. If you don't go <laughs> right. Like yep. everyone will be, I'll be, if I don't go, I will be on my couch with the beer in my hand, enjoying not going to Lenny's until 4am every day. Dude, what do you mean? Not enjoying it? Like, I can't believe you, you, you said there's better places to be in, in January than, in Tulsa, like I would, there's no other place I'd I didn't rather say be. that. I didn't say. I that. thought that's what you said. No, I, I said. Saying, that... I thought you said it was like you know, Australia. I mean, Australia, and New Zealand's beautiful and stuff like that. But come on now, Lenny's the town pump. Well, like, what's more beautiful? What's more beautiful than that? Yeah, that's that's beautiful is one way to describe the pump. That's for sure. <laughs> your face, your face when I said the town pump was just incredible. What? There are some Someone's... there are some beautiful things there. <laughs> Screenshot that meme. Uh, let's get let's get into our hat shakes. Brought to you by Sun Dollar Restoration. Um, Jason and Kim, great people. I, I went to hang out with them after the high limit race, uh, Larson's high limit race at Lincoln Park. By the way, we haven't had a show since the announcement came out. Sheldon Hodenshield is promoting a dirt race on uh, well with the high limit series and Brad Sweet and. And Kyle Larson, and it's gonna be on flow. Um, it's at Wayne County. Is that is it? That's right, Wayne County, right? I'm from Ohio. Yep. That's that's terrible. That I, I don't know that. Um, it's at Wayne County. It's after the Four Crown. It's on the Tuesday after Four Crown. So let me get you a specific date here. The twenty seventh. What is that? Twenty seventh. You're gonna be there, right? Again. Think so. Think so. Okay. 
Good, good to know. As far as far uh, as I know, that was the original. That was the original plan. I haven't heard otherwise. But uh, Wayne County's badass racetrack um, should be a big race. A lot of money on the line again for the High Limit Series race. They did add a second race to this year um, since we had a podcast and uh, check that out. So. Yes, I stayed at uh, Jason and Kim's um, after the High Limit race in Indy. And, dude, Kimmy, she – she well, you went back on Larson's jet, right, after the High Limit race. And Kimmy made went this, on, like – went on the team plane. Well, say she went on the team plane, right? He gets the bar on the team plane. Uh, you know, the buffet – she made, like, a buffet of, like, seven rolls of sushi, like, corn, like, all this shit. And it was just for me because you didn't go. So, but you probably still were just fine. I'm sure you, I'm sure you put a dent in it. Sundollar.net is where you can find our friends who support, uh, support sprint car racing and midget racing. And you see them on Dylan's car and Zeb's car. Uh, of course, right now on Zeb's car with Rudine, uh, on the 26th, they support racing. So you should port should support them. They do water, fire, mold restoration in the greater Indianapolis area. They're based in Carmel, Indiana. Um, and they'll get with your insurance company and help you out. So, uh, sundollar.net, who is your hat shake? I, I would go through all the races, but I mean, this, you guys, we got to get the Persley's, um, interview here. He was remarkable. It's a great story. So, uh, who, who is our hat shakes this week? I'm going Shane Cockrum for mine. Um, dominated the silver crown race at DeCoin. And then I think had a flat and, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, that gas. race was, oh, he ran out of gas. Okay. Yeah, I had it on in the background. So I, I, I didn't remember what exactly happened there. Um, which is no surprise because he was freaking hammering it the entire race. Um, but it was awesome to watch. I mean, it was, you know, it was, they got a ton of rain, so it was rough and it was, you know, there was a ledge in the middle of the corner and he was just freaking hammering it. Um, fun to watch. That race was obviously a disaster. Um, There's like six cars that finished. And I think CV that won was the only one on the lead lap. But it doesn't get any better than Silver Crowns on a mile, especially when it's hammered down. Um, and he was fun to watch. So I'll give one to him, even though he finished second. Good one. I'm going to give a call back to uh, last week. Um, Kyle Cummins completely dominated the SmackDown. He was incredible. He actually won again this weekend in Kokomo. This past weekend in Kokomo for the season championship or whatever. Uh, dude can't be beat at Kokomo right now. He's he's pretty incredible. I know uh, he charged from like 24th to 2nd or something like that on one of the nights during the SmackDown. Did we already do this on one of the shows? I don't think so. No, we haven't We haven't done a show since the SmackDown, right? So, yeah, he charged from 24th to 2nd on one of the prelim nights. Everyone's like, yeah, he's the car to beat. Um, the next night, I don't think he won. He finished in the top five, but then absolutely wax their asses in in the feature uh in this in the smackdown winning an extra 20 grand right he ended up winning thirty five thousand dollars from that 15 grand of the winner led every single lap they do this i guess they call it like a cow cutter or something where um they you as a fan you can buy in a thousand is it a thousand dollars a lap 500 goes to the driver 500 goes to uh, a fan that from a drawing one fan wins 20 grand um, the rest of the money goes to the drivers. It's like $500 every time you lead a lap. Well, he led every single lap of the feature and won by six seconds. Kicked to their absolute asses. It was unbelievable. Great drive. 
Um, not a great race, but at the same time, like I enjoyed him just absolutely wheeling the shit out of that car for as fast as he could. You know, he was he was like searching for lines, like trying to find lines because he thought he was slow and he was not slow. Um, I will repeat, he was not slow. Um, yeah, he has been pretty good at Kokomo and he won thirty five thousand dollars. So that's where my hat check goes. So they love him at New People's Champ there. Like yeah, he's, 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 taking, uh, he's taking Dave Darlin's place as, as like the, the, the most popular guy for sure. He, he qualified on one of the nights and was the last car to go out and set quick time. That place erupted, dude. It was so intense. Like it, SmackDown was a lot of fun this year, and I, I hope you go next year. Yeah, I know. We were going to go Thursday and um, had plans change. Um, but, yeah, it's – it's crazy. I remember his first win there. I think I was calling it for USAC. And um, ever since then, he's just been, he's been a guy. I mean, one of the guys you have to meet there every time you go. He's, they've got it, uh, got it figured out for sure. Of course, one of our other Sun Dollar Hat Shakes goes to Jason Persley, who's our guest today. He won a midget race. He also, his first night out in the micro, won all four of the features uh, in the micro. He, listen, listen, he has not slowed down at all. Um, and which is not really that uncommon in racing. Like we, we saw Merle Bettenhausen. He talked about how, when he lost his arm, he got better as a race car driver. Like Gary Bettenhausen had a few crashes. He got better after those. Like there have been some guys who have had some crashes like Jack Hewitt. You know, he won a lot of Silvercon races after a couple of his big crashes. Like, it seems like the process that you go through the fight to the will to want to get back to being a race car driver makes you like you know, makes you just a little bit faster for some reason. <laughs> well, I think, yeah. And I think you probably, you know, you have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, right? Cause you got something to prove. You got people that, you know, are telling you, you can't do it, that you're not going to be as good as you were before your accident. Um, and all those guys, you know, had the mental fortitude to not only block that out, you know, or use it as motivation, one of the two. Um, so I think once you know, you can do it, you know, once you know you're, you're comfortable again in a car and you can drive and you can be sharp mentally, um, I think it, 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 it probably honestly just makes your accomplishments after that that much more impressive because of uh, what you had to go through, you know, to get there. So um, I'm pumped for Dace and I can't wait to see what he does this weekend and, and moving forward. He'll be racing at Sweet Springs with USAC this weekend. Other races on flow, the Tuscarora 50, big, huge sprint car race. One of the crown jewels of sprint car racing and wing 410 sprint car racing happening at Port Royal Speedway. Uh, the All-Stars will take on the PA Posse. If you want to check that out, that'll be uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then, of course, the Dream and the World 100 happening this week. Uh, the finishing up of what was the start of the Dream earlier on uh, in the year at Eldora Speedway happening. And then, of course, the World 100, the biggest, the granddaddy of them all, as they call them, the, the biggest dirt late model race in all of the world happening at Eldora Speedway. That's all on flow this week enjoy the coverage let's talk to dason he is next this is the loud pedal podcast on flow gentlemen start your engine the race cars too are historic they are the ancestors of the current indianapolis car as we get ready for exciting usac dirt car racing but we're not here for horses we're here for horsepower Welcome back to the Loud Pedal Podcast. As promised, Dason Persley's on the show, winner uh, in the Power Eye race over the weekend. 
um, and has had quite the journey getting back. We posted an article uh, a few months, or actually it was only a few weeks ago, uh, him getting back into a micro after a, a vicious crash in 2021 at Arizona Speedway. He's joined us. Dason, how are you? Congratulations. It's really awesome to see how your recovery has gone. And, and dude, like I said, you kicking ass this whole process. Yeah, thank you. It's, uh, it's pretty cool, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. So what are your emotions? What were your feelings the other night to, to get back into victory lane? And, and you know, how, how did it feel for you? I was, it was pretty special. I feel like, you know, kind of the, the raw emotions will probably come when I get, you know, get to race USAC again and, and you know, kind of maybe compete for a win. I feel like would be the raw emotions because USAC is, of course, the top escalon of, you know, of midget racing. And then and that's where you all want to be is, win one of those little, you know, golden, golden necklaces or, you know, plaques that they give you. And, um, that's kind of what you want to do, but, um, just climbing in the midget, um, that was, that was really cool. It was something that of course I didn't know if I was going to get to do again. And, um, you know, nine months, almost 10 months later, I, I found myself in victory lane, which was, which was really incredible. And, um, Keith, Pete, Dave Sharpley, Darren Pittman, you know, everyone involved has really just stepped up their game with the midget stuff and, and got me comfortable. And, uh, it got me confident and, and ready to rip a race car again. Was getting back into the midget like that first, you know, I can do this again, or was the micro? I mean, you kind of took, you guys had a plan of let's let's race a micro with a small field and then kind of work our way up, uh, and you're still on that ladder. But um, was getting in the midget like the first test, or or was winning? Um, you know, just getting in the midget, I felt like to kind of see where I was because it's kind of hard to, you know, we got all of these tools like iRacing and all that kind of stuff, but it's still not exactly real life. Um, so like anything I hopped in, you know, what Toyota gave me with their simulators with the NASCAR stuff and they put me on the go-karts at GoPro and then we tested a micro and it went good. So I guess kind of the next step was, was to go racing and, um, we found success pretty fast when we went into the micro stuff at Logan Sport in Coles County. So um, you just kind of keep going when you have success. I feel like you just keep climbing that ladder that you need to, and um, hopefully the success never stops. And um, we're we're able to keep on clicking it off. And uh, the next step up the ladder is the USAC show this this Friday. Take us inside your brain and and kind of how you have processed this entire recovery and and getting back into a car. Like, were there were there nerves? Like, were you were you nervous to get back in a car and compete? Like, just you know, what was that like for you, you know, mentally to kind of get over that hurdle of, of being comfortable enough to get back in a car again? Yeah, there's, there's, of course, definitely nerves through the whole process of, you know, what ifs, there's a whole bunch of what ifs, you know, of course, on these injuries. And that's probably the hardest part, because you truly don't know what the rest of your life is going to hold for you. And um, you just kind of keep on grinding and hopefully the progress comes each and every day. And Luckily, and I'm and I'm blessed enough and fortunate enough that the progress has you know still never stopped. I feel like every day I have something you know if it's to brushing my teeth to do anything around the house like you know stuff just gets better when I use my left hand and, and that's all that I can ask for is just progress and um, getting back inside of a race car was it was definitely nerve wracking but um, you know Modi with sports psychology and, and all that he had my mind I mean crazy good sharp ready to go you know never questioned my my decision making I feel like that was going to be pretty hard was just just to kind of see me around other cars, but um, talking to him and, and everything, he, he really helped me and got my mind super, super sharp. So it was more of just, just seeing if I could do it. And then, then once I kind of got those hot laps under my belt, it was, uh, it was game time from there. They say like, you know, 
when you first started your recovery and you were in your hospital that, you know, racing was, was always at the back of your mind. Right. And, and I mean, it takes a certain kind of human, you know, it's a race car driver, right. That's like, look, uh, I'm getting back in that car, no matter what, you know, no matter where I'm at, like, you know, if whatever point and I get to my life and whatever my recovery is like, I'm still gonna race. Um, how, what is, you know, what is the psychology of a race car driver and, and how does that, you know, is it the feeling that you feel behind a race car that makes you get back there or, or what, what has drove you and, 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 and made you move on past the diagnosis that you originally got to say, look, I'm going to beat this. I, I really don't know. It's just kind of um, the family support that I had and the support that I had from the racing community and all the prayers that I received and, you know, everything from the racing community is just pretty incredible. And I feel like, you get on your phone, you get on social media and you see all these, you know, positive thoughts and prayers and everything. And it, and it just makes you keep going. I mean, there's, there's no way around it. When you get on social media and read all the, you know, nice things that people say about you and it just makes you keep going and, and want to make everyone proud. And I feel like deep down, I always wanted to race. I never had a doubt that I wouldn't race. Um, it was just a matter of, you know, when, if it was going to be, you know, nine months or four months, or if it was going to be four or five years before I'd step inside of a race car again, like, that was probably the hardest part of you know not knowing when all these things would come together but i always i always thought these things would definitely come together and, and i'm fortunate and blessed enough that that they did and, and a lot quicker than anybody thought one of the things i thought was cool too about your comeback was that it was like an all jay drake throwback scheme like everything you you know your your car your suit your helmet was it was all throwback jay drake stuff and obviously he's a big part of the keith coons team but why what's your relationship with him that that made you want to kind of honor him in that way with all of that throwback stuff yeah jay is since since i started running for kkm in 2019 jay has just been you know they call him a driver coach and he does a lot of th other things around the, the shop and t-shirts and all that and any question i had for jay i feel like he's he's done it all he's you know one of the best in usac racing and, and has done in you know everything that you can think of he's probably been through it all so He's just someone that that you could go to and ask a question and, and he would have a true honest answer and he's just he's just a really really good teacher he probably taught me a lot on how to get around a midget and um you know just how to how to drive a race car in general and, and life stuff and um especially since he's been through you know the bad and the good with with injuries and with with success that he's just somebody that i wanted to honor and um it was, it was pretty cool when i went to keith and asked him if we could do that and then then i kind of surprised him with the helmet and suit and, and i just thought that was really cool for jay um He's he's a special man in the sport, and um, I'm pretty uh, pretty honored to be able to throw throw back something like that for him. Was the injury stuff was that something that you you kind of picked his brain on, like the recovery part of that? Was that something that that he helped you kind of get through? I feel like any any time like I ask somebody to like Justin or or kind of Justin Grant or Jay or anybody that kind of had a one of those injuries that they set out for a little bit. Everyone just kind of said it was like, you know, riding a bike, which which it kind of is. But um, Jay is somebody I went into detail with that and, and kind of asked, like, what was probably the hardest part of mentally getting ready and, and kind of what your body felt. And then, um, of course, Tanner Thorson helped me a lot as well. He, he's somebody that had a lot of knowledge and, and kind of just went through that a couple of years ago about the injury stuff that I had to sit out. So um, all those people are, are really great people and, um, you know, really great people to have success so early for me and um, people that I can go talk to easily. We were talking before um, the show started and, you know, when you're a race car driver, like that's kind of all you focus on. You focus on like, when's the next one? Like when, um, you know, how do I get better? 
um, at that time when you're just going through the physical therapy and stuff, what, are, what, what things are you working on, right? Like what, what things are you doing to kind of keep your mind occupied and, and not worrying about the next race? I feel like, um, when I got hurt and I was in the hospital, Levi, you know, really texted me and, um, he was kind of somebody that told me that I can still, I can still kind of gain and, and not lose any of my, you know, driving ability if I just watch the races and try to learn more racecraft and, and I feel like that's what I caught myself doing was watching a lot of the races. I, you know, of course, wasn't at every race, but I was at home, you know, on flow and, and everything, watching the races and um, just just studying other drivers, really, um, just kind of seeing what they do and, and seeing what I could pick up from my race craft and, and what I kind of like. So um, Levi really helped me there to, to not to kind of stay focused and, and to not lose focus on the main goal. He's got dogs barking everywhere. Ty, my dogs are barking about them, too. <laughs> know what's going on their timing is always so good every week welcome home um so 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 what is your i guess your your prognosis for like the future like how healed are you now and and are there any limitations still that you're kind of battling to to try to just you always want to get better and I, i think probably with an injury like that you always you know work to get better but how are you feeling right now you know you know at 215 on Tuesday when we're recording this I feel I feel really good um of course there's you know like on my left side it's still weaker and and stuff like that but it's not something that sometimes when I wake up in the mornings I honestly forget I I had an injury and broke my neck honestly I feel like there's there's no pain anywhere I still have a little bit of that nerve pain which is like tingling in my right shoulder but um you know I take medication for that uh and and it takes that away so Sometimes when I get up and do stuff, I feel like I haven't even broke my neck before. So, um, you know, just everyone from the Toyota doctors, from the, the you know doctor that patched me up, Dr. Lou in Arizona, um, to Dr. Trammell, they just they just really worked hard on me, and um, very fortunate to have all those people in my background that I can go to and and have all those questions for. And um, it's it's hard, but I feel like I don't have any limited limitations. Um, I feel. Like they said, my neck was, you know, pretty to go and there's just a risk, you know, like anybody has inside of a race car now. So there's not, you know, more risk or there's not a less risk of me, you know, re-injuring. Um, I feel like it's just, just you know, even playing field like it was before. And um, when I get inside of a race car, the only thing hard is probably ripping a tear off. I ripped with my left hand. Um, so now I can't, I got to rip with my right hand. So that's probably the biggest adjustment um, because my left hand can't come off the steering wheel. It's, it takes a lot to get off the steering wheel. So when I switched to my right side, that was probably the only difficult thing. But um, other than that, it's it's uh, pretty straightforward, almost just knocking the rust off of, of getting inside of a race car after nine months. That is a big adjustment. It's a bigger adjustment than a lot of people probably probably realize. Yeah, ripping a tear off, it's... I don't remember, like, how much effort it took. I remember, like, naturally you just done it. Like, it was just kind of a feeling, and now it's like, it takes me quite a bit of effort. Sometimes I'll like go to pick up my left hand off the steering wheel and I'm like, oh, I got to do my right hand. So <laughs> it's a little bit of an adjustment, but, it, but it's not terrible. How much have you learned about yourself in this process, right? Like, you know, a lot of us who, has, who have followed the story, this, this remarkable story, um, I've learned that, dude, the human body is miraculous, especially if you have someone that is such a magician with tools and, and can fix, the human body can heal, right? Like it can heal itself. Um, what have you learned about yourself though, through this process and, 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 um, you know, the grind that it took? I've learned that there's a lot of big words, um, that they have named <laughs> for your body parts that I didn't even know was, was part of my body that keeps me going every day. 
but um no the people that the people that researched that all the doctors and stuff they're they're so smart dr anil dr trammell um you know dr heisel they're all you know so smart and any question i have over the phone they they have an answer for or they'll go research it that night and try to have an answer for me the next day and um it's crazy i feel like i've i've learned a lot of myself and there's there's a couple things that i still don't have like feeling wise like i can't feel if i'm hungry and i can't feel if i'm full and then i can't feel my muscle fatigue in my left side it's like that burning kind of pump feeling you get when you're working your muscles out like I don't have that in my left side. The only reason I know that I'm tired is because the form gets all sloppy and everything. So there's a couple of those things. And then um, it's just crazy that the human body can do that. You just got to take time and heal. Kind of in that same line of thought to have Keith and Pete and Toyota stick behind you through this whole process. I'm sure that means a lot too, because I mean, obviously we all know, like there's, there's probably a lot of people that could have, you know, filled your seat replaced you basically while you you know while you went through this but they always kept a seat for you and and you know now obviously are helping you kind of get back to full time so how valuable was that to you that kind of gave you the confidence i'm sure to to take your time and and heal the right way knowing that you you know had a spot to come back to yeah that that helped tremendously i'm very fortunate and blessed to have Keith and Pete behind me since 2019 and, and um, for them to still stick with me after basically taking a year off is, is pretty incredible. Um, all the resources that Toyota gave me and at TPC in North Carolina was just, was just incredible. Um, big part of, you know, the stress that they took off of me when I knew I still had a ride when I got back, no matter if it was, you know, a couple of years down the road or, or what, but um, Keith and Pete are just incredible people. And um, they're the kind of people that keeps the racing community going around. Did you ever have to have the talk with your parents? Like, look, I'm doing this. Like, I don't, I, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, I have to do this. Like, did your mom and dad stop you? No, they, they were from far as I can remember, because the hospital days and stuff, that's kind of all like, like a blur. But um, the moment I told my parents that I still wanted to race, they were, they were all on board. I think, I think I had like a couple of those dreams because of course I was on a lot of medication. So I didn't know what I was doing or what I was dreaming about, but um, my mom said there was one of those dreams where I was talking about racing again and, and she just kind of couldn't say no after, after we woke up the next day and started talking about it. So, um, I think my parents are, you know, whatever decision I wanted to make, if I wanted to race or if I didn't want to race, they were hundred percent behind me. And, um, that's just kind of the support you need with parents and, and they're, you know, incredible parents to have. What was the day like for you when you, you got back in a car for the first time and, and whether it was the micro or, or a midget or, you know, whatever, but like. How did you feel? How did your parents feel? Like, what was what was the the emotions of that day? Like, just knowing what could have happened, and and you know now the fact that you're you're back doing what you loved again. I definitely going to the midget race was was crazy. I felt like it was like stuff you dream about, really. Um, you know, I didn't know if I would ever get to do it again. And then there's I had those dreams in that nine months that. That if I was going to race or if I was going to be able to to win again and um to you know knock off all those the boxes that we were kind of have is is pretty incredible. I feel I talked to my parents you know leading up to those days and stuff, but then when it came time, we kind of just probably were all a little nervous or a little worried. But um my parents are I guess maybe good at hiding those emotions where they don't show me that much, and and I'm pretty pretty good at <laughs> hiding my emotions I guess to them of of being a little nervous. So. Um, we didn't stress each other out at all, really. We kind of just kept to ourselves, And then the first night went by and it was like we never missed a beat. And um, then it was kind of game time after that. Cool.
for sure. I'm, I'm sure your story's not going to end here, right? Uh, you're getting ready to make your next, you know, your first USAC start since the crash. I'm sure that four wide is going to be pretty nuts, you know, emotional. Um, just, you know, being back at USAC race with those guys and, and running with your buddies, you know, uh, you know, Kofoid and those guys that you, you hang around with a lot. So um, to, to go back and race this weekend is going to be pretty emotional. But now it's, it's awesome to see uh, everything that you've done and, and uh, congratulations on all the success. And I'm sure we'll see you back in victory lane uh, in a USAC race here soon. I, I sure hope so. You're right. Um, hopefully it's in like four or five days at Sweet Springs. <laughs> no, but, uh, but yeah, we usually roll pretty good there. So maybe, maybe it will be, but uh, thank you for having me on the show. It's, uh, it's good to talk to you guys and it's good to talk about the accident and let everybody know. Thanks, buddy. Good luck this weekend. Thank you, guys. Jason Persley, an incredible story. Uh, you know, he got a Dylan. He got a diagnosis of not being able to walk. Um, you know, yeah. It's just the thought of that, and now that he's winning midget races, is uh, pretty remarkable. Yeah, it, it is, and and you know, it's it's hard for me to fathom that you know and, and the fact that you go from having this accident where i mean everything has changed for him basically you know i mean i think when you have a neck injury even if you 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 fully recover you probably are never a hundred percent you know fully recovered from a, an injury as traumatic as that um and i can't imagine like just the mental toughness that you have to have to just heal from that and then still want to jump back in a car and, and still feel comfortable enough to drive a car like you have to drive to be successful, you know, in midget racing right now. It's, it's an incredible testament to just, you know, his and his whole family really, but, you know, especially him, his, uh, you know, his mental toughness and his, his uh, ability to put something like that behind him and, not only still want to do it, but still be good and be competitive. Um, it's, it's amazing. It's inspiring. And it's, it's so cool to see. Yeah, for sure. Race car drivers are a different breed, man. They're just, they're just different. They're just, well, and, and look, yeah. Like, look, like I'm a race car driver, like not full time, but I am, I don't. And, and that's, you know what, this is probably why I'm not a full time race car driver and I never made it is because I don't think I could do that. You know, like, yeah, there's, there's lots of race car drivers, but not everybody is going to be able to put that, you know, to shelf what happened there and jump back in there and, and still get after it, you know, and he's, I don't even know how old he is right now. He's what, 18 or 19 or something now, probably. And he's a kid still, you know, and, and it's amazing. It's amazing to me really that, that you can go through something like that and still, still just be good to go out there and gas it up and, and do what you have to do because not everybody, not all, not all people, obviously, but not all race car drivers can do that either. Well, his story is the reason why we talk into these microphones about these guys, right? The reason why we go to these races and, and watch them and, and because they're just, you know, they're, they're built different. They're, they're, uh, you know, they're crazy, right? Like, you know, they're, they're crazier than me. Um, but they're a lot cooler than me. They do a lot more badass shit than me. And, um, you know, they, and they don't give up. Right. And that's, and, and everyone loves the story that is you don't give up. Right. Like, and, and, and that's what, uh, you know, and then he walks alive. So to see, you know, when I was super emotional at the chili bowl, when he walked out there, because to see him walk like is, is, is a, is a big feat. Right. But the winter race, it's remarkable. 
Yeah. And, and think about, you know, all of the, the neck injuries and things of that nature, the, you know, the back injuries and things of that nature that have happened to people over the last couple of years. And, um, you know, it's into their careers. I mean, like, look, I mean, the, the fact that he was able to recover from his injuries, somebody like Kevin Swindell off the top of your head, you know, has not been able to recover really from, you know, his injuries, different, different types of injuries, but, but similar kind of results. Right. Um, and it's just, it was, you know, probably a matter of, you know, a fraction of an inch or so away from, for Dason, you know, of something more catastrophic happening and it didn't, you know, and it's, I think that's, you know, you, you hear him talk about his faith a lot and it's, it's, um, it is really just an amazing story that he is able to do what he's doing now, because there's a lot of other guys that have had similar accidents that weren't as lucky. For sure. And Sw- Swindell's still kicking ass, right? And, you know, he's he's winning races. You know, he and Justin Sanders paired up for the high limit race. They nearly won that. Had a good Knoxville Nationals. He's still working on cars. He's still in it, still doing it. You just can't get rid of it. It's just the, the racing thing. You just yeah. you can't get rid of it, whether you're working it, whether you, you drive cars, whether, um, you know, you're just a fan. Like, right, right? Like, you just, for some reason, the racing thing is always going to be there. It's a constant line. And, and it was interesting to hear some of the, perspective from days and talking to his parents about whether they should do it or not and the dreams he had and and such and such you know such like that so it was awesome to hear from him and um i'm excited to watch him race this weekend at the sweet springs i pulled up on my phone while i'm sitting there at port royal uh watching him watching him race so uh yeah big weekend for flow racing and, and thanks to Dayson for coming on the show this week it's uh good to be back uh finally back in the crib you got your you're in your new house right yep in the new house Nice. Your internet's still crappy, so you need to get like a new router or something. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I'm right next. I'm right next to my internet. I don't understand how it can be this bad. <laughs> we are presented by Quick Pits and QuickPits.com. It's your one-stop shop for over 350,000 parts and accessories from the brands you demand. Truck Cheap Auto ATV with fast free shipping to your door. Use promo code Flow Sports. I want to thank uh, Sundollar for their support as well and, and our hat shakes. Um, dirt Draft, play along this week. You can play at Eldora. The Dirt Late Model Dream is what a portion of a portion of it has gotten through, and they are getting ready to kick that off uh, this week. And then they'll roll right into the World 100, the biggest uh, late model race in the entire world at happening at Eldora. That's on flow. Along with the Tuscarora 50, I consider the third biggest, second biggest, Potentially, you can have a little bit of an argument there between the Tuscarora 50 and the, and the National Open as far as – actually, scratch that. Fourth or fifth, right? Because you got the Kings Royal in there. Knoxville, Kings Royal, Tuscarora 50, National Open, all the crown jewels, sprint car racing. This week, the same exact week as the World 100, we're having one of the crown jewels of sprint car racing. It's an all-star event, but it's the Tuscarora 50, and it's a big race at Port Royal Speedway, so check that out. A lot of money, over 50 grand uh, going to the winner on Saturday. Lance DeWeese, always the local hero, trying to win. Probably his seventh or something. So I'm probably wrong on the number, but it's up there. Uh, Logan Wagner won last year, and, and, and a few other, you know, Danny Dietrich and, and Macri, and those guys will try to take down the All Stars. So should be a good race, D. Welch. Yeah, looking forward to it. I will. Uh, I will not be at either of those. I'll be in Laguna Seca, but can't wait to watch both of them. It's a great weekend here on Flow. Yeah, so those are the races you need to watch. Dream World 100, Tuscarora 50, and also Sweet Springs, where our guest Jason was there. Thanks for joining us this week on the Loud Pedal Podcast. Until next week, 
This has been the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing.